0: Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Even when we know it's not right deep down in our soul, we still follow, don't we? Why? Why do we do that? We do it even on social media. We follow. Now, I know there's some Facebookers out there, and I know uh, everyone else, you know, like, you know, Facebook. Okay, I am on Facebook, but I don't know what Facebook is. And, but you have friends on Facebook. I know, you know, it's, it's not following. But you do follow. Some of them are creepers, but you do follow. Some of them are stalkers, but you follow. Twitter world, for those, you know, you know over 35, you know, Twitter. If you're not on Twitter, get on Twitter. It's just really cool. But Twitter, you know, you, you follow somebody, right, guys? Instagram, you follow some. I don't know about Pinterest. Maybe you do or don't. I don't care. I'm not on Pinterest. Why well, I am? I'm a liar. You know, uh, you, you follow. Why? We follow the strangest things, don't we? We follow trends. Like if somebody starts wearing something, oh, did you see that? And it's just, all of a sudden you're starting to wear what they wear. And you don't. You know why you're doing it? We follow haircuts. Just saying. I don't have to worry about that one, but some of you all do. You follow what's the new color of shade for the fall. We definitely follow men. We follow what? This thing is about to ready to start up. Man, it's fun. It was even this week. It was like refreshing to see it. Yeah. Little pig skin. Football. We follow. Some of us, were addicted. We need help. We follow way too much. We follow who's dating who out in L.A. Why, I don't know. That's L.A. It's way over there. We're addicted to it. We're addicted to music. We're addicted to there's some good groups and and there's some bad groups. And and then there's really ones that you 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 shake your head and ask the simple question, why would anybody follow? But you go and look, there's over a million followers. Why? It's crazy to think that this one world, follow, can change our life. For example, this, this week I told my son to follow me and do as I do, and, and I would make sure he didn't get hurt, and we were doing it last Sunday night, matter of fact, before school started, and we was out, we was riding by bikes, he, he did everything exactly like we did, we rode around town, we had a great time, and, and then, like, uh, towards the end, we was out at my, my mom's house, and we were running, we were having sprint contests, and just trying to get, honestly, we were trying to wear them out, so... Uh, me and Sarah could ha- you know, just have a, you know, some time watching the movie, and, and, but that didn't work very well. So you know, uh, we had three kids who like to stay up way too late. And that's our fault. So bad parenting. And if you want to see it, that's like me. me. Um, congratulations, you're following. Uh, but it's one of those things where we were sitting there, and, and the next thing I know, he decides to run by himself. But the dog was loose, and guess what happened to the dog? And the dog and him got tangled up. And he did a faceplant on the concrete. And it didn't feel too good. At first, I thought, oh, my goodness, his teeth are now gone. But as I looked, he did a really good job of tumbling, but it still hurt, and he got hurt pretty bad. But he didn't follow what I asked him to do, and he got hurt. You see, my guess is that's happened to you. Whether you got tripped up or not, you, you, it happened. It happened. You know, we've all been there. If we just follow the directions, especially with food, you know, and eat what's healthy for us, or if you're the type of person that just likes to add paprika to everything because it looks cool, it's not cool. It is is really potent. If you follow those little signs on the side of the road, it's got these huge big numbers on the side of them, you wouldn't have to answer to the police officer that pulls you over and you're sitting there like, well, you have to explain to the officer that you really didn't see the sign and your foot fell asleep and it got heavy on the gas pedal. I mean, it's just one of those moments that you, you're coming up with everything there is, right? Just follow. Let's follow the directions. Follow the leader. And there's another thing about follow that I thought was really cool, and I did this often. I know we did it in church, and why we did it in church, I don't know, but I can remember doing it in the nursery, red light, green light, red light, green light, but we also played this other little game. Maybe you realize that game. Maybe you played that game. It's, you know, that game called Simon Says. Yeah, some of you played that game. Some of you know it. You know, Simon Says, what? Put your hands up, you know, put your hands up, right? And so, you know, Simon Says, put put your hands down, put your hands down. Simon says, put your right hand up. Simon says, put your left hand up. So go ahead and put your right hand down. Some of you did it. I didn't say Simon says. I was never good at Simon says. I just wasn't because I was always doing what they did. I was doing immediately what they did. The funny thing is we all fall into that category. We do immediately what they did. You see, growing up in church, and I'm a church kid. I'm a church rat. I really, uh, I, I want to say week two, man, I was, I was in the church. So I knew the church inside and out. And I knew things about the church. And my dad helped. He was a head deacon of the church. And so, I mean, I'm just a, I'm not a pastor's kid. But, man, I grew up in the church. And I knew the pastor really well. And I just, I just grew up in church. And growing up in church, I heard this all the time. And maybe you did too. Jesus says, Jesus says to pray. Okay, start to pray. Jesus says not to look over there. Okay, but it sure looks cool to look over there. Jesus says to be nice. I'm going work on that one. I really can't figure that one out in school. I just, I'm going to be honest with you. It's just hard to be nice, especially when someone stole my pencil. <laughs> Jesus says to get up early and read your Bible. But the bed feels so good. Jesus says to love your neighbor, even your sister and brother. Man, I don't know how to do that one. Jesus says not to lie. Man, I was good at that. And Jesus says, and Jesus says, and Jesus says. My assumption, if you grew up in church, you heard these words, Jesus says. You see, lots of people think Christianity is all about doing what Jesus says. But what if we're doing what Jesus says isn't what Jesus says to do it all? There's the tension this morning. There's the question. There's the one that I want you to camp out on. What if doing what Jesus says isn't what Jesus says to do it all? But you've been taught that because you asked, to, we were taught to follow the what? Leader. Regardless of what you believe, if you're a Christian or not today, regardless of how you have believed or behaved, even when you you have gone to church all of your life, Jesus invites you to do something so simple, so profound. And we've decided to camp out on it for the next four weeks. And it's one simple word. Follow. Follow. You see, in our Bible, we'll find over 50 times where the crowds were following Jesus. They're just following because in his day and time, there's no social media. He's a rock star. I mean, he walks into a place and he just draws the attention because there's something different. They witnessed miracles after miracles. They, they just witnessed these things that, that just, they turned water into wine, the lame to walk, the sick to heal, the blind to see, and the most impressive one, death to life. People followed him because they didn't want to miss out on it. They didn't want to miss out on the next big event. And we see the word follow over 80 times coming out of the word, or coming out of the mouth of Jesus. Jesus, when he was being very direct, and very relational with people he said follow and then Jesus then Jesus opens his mouth and over these, these these amazing words these these famous words that we've heard follow me he gets real pointy he gets real direct he says it straightforward from the text he says follow me over 25 times recorded in our bible And it's important for us to hear today because of where we are spiritually, where we're at physically, and emotionally. And the truth is, I just nailed one of the three for you. Spiritually, you might be disconnected. Physically, you just might be wore out. And emotionally, you're so high strung you can't even figure out what it really means to follow Jesus. It's just been church all of your life emotional behavior. For us to hear these words for our families, our friends, our church, and most importantly, you this morning, the only reason, get this, lean in, here it is, the only reason he asked us to follow him is to do one thing, is to better us. The only reason that he said, follow me, is just like I told my son, hey, don't do this. You know, stay right there. Follow me. And I promise you, you won't get what? Hurt. If you follow me, I promise you, he's going to hug you. He's going to embrace you. And he's going to take you to the promised land. If you don't, it's going to be painful. If you don't, it's going to hurt and there will come times when there's, there's moments of suffering. In this life, you will face suffering. That is scripture that is coming straight out of the mouth of Jesus. But he also says, hey, in me, there is life everlasting. You just got to follow. Think about it. The reason why he wants to better us is because he's perfect. I know some of you thinking here this morning that you're perfect. And you're just boasting about it. I've got, I've got the perfect wife. Look at her; she's hot. I mean, I mean, just, you're, I've got the perfect kids. I've got this. I've got that. I've got, I've got all situated. Our finances look great. I'm perfect. Figure I'm just, I'm just perfect. But he still wants to better you. He will. He still wants to humble you so you can make a difference beyond your wildest imagination. And for those who are just coming and their life is a complete wreck. He wants to better you. He wants to allow you to feel the freedom of what hope is. You see, this is what I know. Following Jesus makes a better you. Following Jesus makes a better you. So why wouldn't you want to follow him? Why wouldn't you want to do what he says? So today, we're going to learn from someone who made that move. How did he do it? And then what did he do? And if you have your Bible, turn to the first book in the New Testament, right there in the middle of that thing. Matthew. Matthew was a man who was far from God, who found him, who followed him. And then from that moment on, he wrote about what his eyes witnessed every single day in the accounts of of Matthew. And if you don't know much about Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, these are the Gospels. These are the guys who really recorded everything, just what Jesus did, how he walked, how he talked, how he lived, and the importance of what he did. Matthew, this is a guy who basically was just not the best of guys. He wasn't. He was just so far detached from Jesus. Jesus walks up to him, and Jesus got done just doing some, a miracle in Matthew chapter 9. And, you know Matthew chapter nine, we see him just Jesus doing a miracle, healing the paralyzed man, and the next thing you know he, he just he 's walking down the road and, and during that day and time, the Roman government ruled the area and so Matthew was a tax collector and matthew was 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 collecting taxes and so if you wanted to walk on this road, you had to pay a fine, you had to pay a tax and and, and not only did they, they pay a fine and pay a tax he he could up to any if he wanted to 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 buy you know the, the next you know camel with the Willy spinney things on the camel side you know whatever he wanted to do he could add that to the tax and he could take it if he wanted the new uh Bruckenstock sandals or whatever is out there i don't know during that time jesus said if he wanted kind of shoes or clothing or makeup whatever he wanted he could up the ante just a little bit and take because he had that power he leveraged everything and it was kind of weird that jesus walks straight up to him and faces him face to face and that's where we pick it up in Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. And it's, it, it's one of the most amazing scriptures in the Bible, in my opinion. And here's why. I don't know many people who would do it. I, I'm being honest. If Jesus walks up and says what he's about to say to you, not knowing Jesus for everything, what he's done, this is before he dies, would you do it? Would you do exactly What Matthew did. So let's find out what Matthew did. Chapter 9, verse 9, it says, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth, now, and as he's walking down the road, here he is. He's just coming to this area, and all of a sudden, he sees this, this dude, Matthew, and he's sitting at the tax collector's booth. And, you know, the way my mind envisions this, you know, it's like the old train station. He's got the little booth sitting there, and he's and just got you know, you to pay the, the fine to get through. He's just marched straight up there. You can almost imagine... There has to be a line, and it doesn't say that Jesus waited in line. It says he walked straight up there. He walked straight to Matthew. He saw Matthew, and he knew Matthew was sitting there, and he just walked straight to Matthew. It's almost like he was drawn to Matthew. He was drawn straight into him. He's drawn straight into you and me today too. He's drawing right into you, and he's laser-focused on one thing, making your life better. And so, out of the blues, Jesus says these words. And it wasn't these words that are just like, you know, uh, I'll pay my fine. It wasn't the words of, you know, hey, hey, Matthew, how much is it today? Oh, it's, oh, well, I got that, you know. Hey, uh, Hey, guys, can you pay this bill for me, you know? No, 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 no. I mean, Matthew just, he didn't even get it out. He didn't say, hey, Jesus, I, I see that you've got all these guys following you, and today it's going to be $1,000 because you've got a big crowd following you. You don't see any of that. You see it before Matthew even gets out. Matthew can almost feel the presence of Jesus because he knows something different about this man because as soon as he approaches him, he's looking at him. He's got him. He's laser focused on him. And the next thing you see is these two amazing words that transcend the scriptures. And it says what? Follow me. Matthew, I'm asking you to do something. I'm asking you to follow me. And it wasn't like, you know, what, what does this mean? I, um, I, I, just, I, I got I to do this or I'm going to get arrested. Um, you know, I, if I leave this post, you know, they're going to behead me. No, 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 no. He just says, follow me. He told him, and Matthew did something, the most profound thing in Scripture. I'm telling you, this is what happens when, when, when miracles happen. He got up. He got up. I don't want you to miss it. It's just so simple, but he got up. It says, Matthew got up and what? Followed him. That's a tax collector. And so if we keep going forward, you know, the, the Greek word... For, Translated here, follow, is often used in the same sense of following like a disciple. In other words, like a follow the leader. The tense of the verb indicates that there must be a continual, like a constant following in one direction, not many, one direction. No matter what comes your way. And to really understand this word the best, maybe for our text and the way we understand it, Maybe this word might help for us this morning, is mimic. Hey, Matthew, you you just need to follow me, and you need to do as I do. If I raise my right hand, you raise your right hand. Don't ask questions. Just do it, because I love you. Okay. Matthew, raise the other hand. Okay. Matthew, jump on one leg for the next 50 minutes. Okay. Mimic. Mimic. Mimic me as I follow, if I follow the leader, as I follow God, and I'm going to hop with you, and I'm going to hop to you to death. Whoa, that's, that's deep, Jesus. I don't know if I could do this one. He didn't see that. Immediately, he got up, and he followed him. Now, Matthew, a tax collector, is following Jesus. Now what? It does not say he believes everything Jesus believes. Did you catch that? It doesn't say that he, he questioned Jesus on his beliefs. You know, I, theologically, I don't know if I align directly with you, Jesus. You didn't see that. It says he got up and he followed him. No questions asked. But what it does say, he followed. He followed. So Jesus does what's the best next thing. If someone says, I'm going to follow you, he starts to build a relationship. He starts to build an intense relationship. So the best thing that he does, he knows how to do this. He says, um, hey, Matthew, man, um, where do you live? Uh, let's go have a party at your house. Let's, let's go hang out. Let's go, let's, go build, let's go build some community. Let's have, hey, invite your friends over and, and your family and the rest of all the bad people. Because at the day and time, the tax collectors were the baddest of the bad people. They really were. And so in verse 10, it says this, it says, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, I mean, it jumps right into it. Jesus is over at his house and many tax collectors and sinners came and ate. I don't know if you caught it. It says many, not just one, two, many, many tax collectors and sinners. And I don't know if you really caught it, caught it, but why would they indifferentiate between tax collectors and sinners? Why would they go down the road and divide that out? Because when we say sinners, sinners are really bad people. But then there's tax collectors. I mean, imagine lawyers. No, I'm just kidding. Imagine, you know, people who are out there selling drugs to, to fifth graders. Imagine, imagine the guy who rapes 15 little girls. That's what these guys fit into the category of. They were bad people. Because there's sinners and then there's tax collectors. And here's Jesus going, man, we're going to your house today. Can you imagine what the other disciples are saying at this point? I ain't going, Jesus, I'm following you and you're going down there. You're going, what? This ain't right. I went to church all my life. I don't like this. I was a fisherman. Now, you know, my my brother, we we just, we fished all the time. We were good people. I did exactly what my dad said. I never got hurt. And now we're going to be associated, associated with, with tax collectors? I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I don't know if I want to go hang out with the people who hooked on drugs. I don't know if I want to go hang out with the people who, who, who raped a fifth little girl. Jesus says, follow me. Follow me. We're going to go into their house. We're going to go into their area. And we're going to hang out. We're going to build relationships so he went and ate with him and his disciples came along. Now it's starting to get the word out. People are following people. The crowds are gathering. And it says quickly, it says in the scripture in verse 11, it says, when the Pharisees saw this, when the Pharisees sort of to glean in and take notice, it says they asked his disciples. Now this is funny. They didn't ask Jesus, but they asked his disciples. Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Again, they're, they're, they're parsing it out too. They're saying sinners over here, tax collectors. And they're asking the simple question, why? And notice, notice something here in Scripture. You're jumping forward in verse 12. It doesn't say that the disciples answered. Because the disciples couldn't answer. Because they were just trusting God. They were trusting the Lord. They were trusting Jesus. They were trusting the one who could answer the question. So Jesus steps in and he answers the question in verse 12. On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And now, if I was Matthew, just saying, if I was Matthew, and all the Pharisees and all the people who rule the land of the world, and you know, I got Jesus in my house, you know, I'd be like, "Woo!" I got Jesus, I got my tax collectors, I got my other friends who are really bad, they don't know what they did last week, and we got everybody, we're hanging out, we're having a good old time. Jesus, no run, yeah, let's do another round. Woo, this is good stuff. But it's Jesus. And Jesus answers to the Pharisees, on hearing this, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but it's the sick. Jesus, you just call me Sick. Jesus, hey, are you, what are you saying? You know the old thing back in the day, what you talking about, Willis? It's exactly what Matthew said. You know it had to be. You know it caught his attention and he looked straight at Jesus and then he goes, you know what, I am sick. I am bad. I am so far from learning what it means to love somebody, but I'm interested because Jesus is in my house. I'm really interested because he's sitting right beside me. He's building a relationship, and you're not. Something to think on. See, Jesus took that next step and he said, it's not the healthy who needs a doctor, but it's the sick. In verse 13, he says, but go and learn from what this means. And so Jesus, he knows that these Pharisees are so smart. He knows that they study the word. He knows that they study the Torah forward and backwards. And, and just, they live in the Old Testament trying to derive words and lean and press and almost leverage the, the word of God into something it's not. And these Pharisees, they did a wonderful job. And so Jesus, he quotes this. And it says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And they, he knows that they know this is coming from Hosea. He knows that Hosea said this, and so he quotes it. And he says, and in case you don't know that, in case you don't understand that, let me make it just a little bit clearer. For I have not come to call the righteousness or the righteous, but sinners. You see, Jesus is going heavy after him. He's going so heavy and he's just full on. He's in full out press mode of follow me. He wanted to make it really clear from here on out. It's not this right here you got to follow. You need to follow me. People will leverage this and trick you up. They will bend it and twist it to make it a point. only thing I'm asking you to do, I'm not asking you to believe. I'm not asking you to do this. I'm asking you to do one simple thing, Matthew. I'm asking you to follow me. You can only imagine what the, the tension in the room looked like, especially with Matthew and his friends. When all this is going down with everybody sitting there and they're just looking into the eyes of Jesus and he's calling out the leaders of the time of the religion. He's calling them all out. So let's go back to what I said earlier about Jesus says, Simon says. Jesus says, Simon says. When I saw others who were not playing by the rules when I grew up in church, the church rules, I would be jealous. I'm just being honest. They were having a great time over there and I'd be looking their way and I'd be like, "My Mom, how come no one likes me? What does it mean to follow you, Jesus? Because Jesus says to follow him, son. Sunday school teachers, hey, let's just go try to do something. Oh, we can't go over there because it's the bad people. But they're having so much fun. I don't know what it means. But they're having so much fun. I'd be mad I would envy. And the truth be told is a disaster for my walk. Because I could not handle all the do's and the don'ts. Because they were having the time of their life. Besides, if all my friends were going to hell, wouldn't it be an awesome kind of place to just go visit? I'm just being honest. Just saying it. It's the way I felt. You see, when Jesus said, this is the reason that I have come, it's to build a relationship, and it started with me. Not to dump a thousand rules on me. Not to to say the do's and the don'ts, but let me just camp out on this for a second. Jesus describes it in scripture like this, father-child relationship. Hey, just follow me, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to just teach you what it means to be obedient, and, and, and I want you to follow me. Jesus also talks about it in the terms like this and we've covered it this past summer. He talks about the vine and the branches and if you just remain in me, if you abide in me, you, I'm telling you, you will grow and you will prosper. And then there's this last little little piece. There's a shepherd and the sheep and this is really a bad illustration. A bad illustration. And you know, it's one of those moments because it doesn't make sense to us this, this morning because we're not living in the time. The truth is it's, for them, it, I can testify because I've watched my dad do this with his cows. He goes out in the middle of the field and he calls them up and literally they will come running. You see, they recognize his voice. For us this morning, that the shepherds calling your name, can you even recognize his voice? See, Jesus, Jesus is trying to start a relationship With you and me and everyone who will listen to follow me. Jesus extends this one amazing word, follow to the rich, the poor, the religious, the non-religious. He asked them just to follow me. Hey, just follow me. And in Matthew 9, 9, he just targeted the worst of the worst of the worst. And it can't be that simple. For me in the church, it can't be that simple, can it? Matthew is beginning to build a relationship with Jesus and Jesus is to beginning to build a relationship with Matthew and that has allowed him to become a better him. You see, this is the funny thing that I did not find in the scriptures, but everybody always says this. Jesus did not say to Matthew, if you're willing to fill in the blank, you can follow me. If you're willing to stop that or start that or go back or return all the things that you've stolen, Matthew, and I'll see you next month. He just said, follow me. Here's the question I want us all to camp out on for the next four weeks. Are you following? Am I following? Let's just remove all the other religious stuff. All the stuff that we don't know, the stuff that we think we know. And let's just remove it all. The stuff that's plagued our churches from the truth The way. All the do's and the don'ts and the what ifs. Can we focus on this one question, am I following? It seems too simple, doesn't it? Don't worry, it was really simple for those in Jesus' day as well, and and it tripped them up. And he had to remind them over and over again, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. You're going to be okay. Follow me. Hey, Peter, come on out here. This is going to be cool. Just trust me. Follow me. You're going to be safe. Follow me follow me over here and you'll see a better way. You'll see a better you. Follow me over here and you'll fish for men. What does that mean? I don't even understand that, Jesus. This is so cool. Follow me over here and we'll see the kingdom of work. This is so crazy. You'll know, Follow me over here. We're going to go to the poor. I don't know what the poor look like. Follow me over here. We're going to go to the outcast. Oh man, this is getting crazy. I don't know if I can handle it. The, the ones who need me the most and to begin to do real life ministry with, with, with the ones that we can see change. We can see change not only in our relationship, but through relationship because things finally got real when he said follow me not not change this change that follow me and the craziest thing happened they followed the beautiful thing while Jesus was leading was Jesus was so uncomfortable with people that were not like him it changed everything he built relationships he loved unconditionally and he served them faithfully during the culture and even in our time it's it's not enough just to believe right behave right or do the right things and those were called pharisees back in the day and today we can be a pharisee too and if you wanted to join a movement in those days and some of you feel that way today because of the pharisees their words are Pharisees' words look like this Change, and you can join us. Hey, change the way you dress, and you can come sit in center point. Hey, change the way you're, you know, you're, what you're doing. Hey, change that drug. If you start, if you do that, change that, and then you can come join us. Change that language, and you, you, can, you can start to serve here. Change the way you do this, and you can come be a part of us. Those are phariseutical words. I mean, those are Pharisees to just the top of the line. I mean, that's it. It's prime words. But here's, here's, here's Jesus' words. Jesus' words says this. Join us, and you will change. Join us, you'll change. Hey, join us. Hey, come with us, man. Just come hang out with us. We're, we're going to have fun. And we're going to show you what real fun looks like because we're going to follow the leader. We're going to do what he does. We're going to stay where he says stay. We're going to love the way he loved. And we're going to serve the way he served. You see, Matthew Matthew stood up and he followed him. And he changed during that one moment. And there are four things I want you to know before we call tonight a day. There are four things that happen. And we all need to take notes on them. It's, number one is this. Being a sinner... Is a prerequisite. Being a sinner is a prerequisite. It does not disqualify. If you come in here with a bunch of baggage and you're just like, I can't do this anymore. Hey, guess what? I am too. I'm still full of sin. But I'm doing my best to follow him. Number two, being an unbeliever doesn't disqualify you. None of Jesus' earlier followers believed. If you don't believe me, open your Bible and listen. The brother of Jesus, it took him to the point of death before James jumped on board. And to How much faith does it take on that one? I'm just being honest. If someone jumps out of the grave ten, you know, three days later, I'm like, whatever he says goes. This ain't like they had clear paddles, you know. It was three days later. There was no excuses. They had nothing. I'm going to do what he says. Number three, the invitation to follow is an invitation to a relationship. The invitation to follow actually is an invitation to a relationship. And so my question is, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Do you even recognize who Jesus is? Do you even understand what that voice means when he's calling you in? When he's saying stop, and you're going to get hurt. Don't, don't click open on that, that file. I'm telling you, it's going to lead to a lust. It's just gonna, it's gonna, it's, I'm telling you, please, don't do it. Don't pick up that bottle one more time because it's killing not just you, it's killing your family. Don't open your mouth and gossip. It's not what I do not what I say I come to listen and to love unconditionally and number four following forces me to focus on where I am rather than where you're not do you realize that Christians do you realize we suck I'm sorry but we do We look at everybody else and we just focus on where they're not versus where I am. We so are so bad at that. And I sometimes are the worst. What does it mean to really follow God? And just say, God, teach me. Teach me to love that person past their sin. Teach me to be uncomfortable and go into Matthew's house. Teach me to go into the the darkest of places because we're going to bring the light tonight. Don't judge him because you ain't been there yet. Because he's still working on you and he just wants to make you a better you. If you want to start following Jesus, you'll start doing what Jesus did, which was love thy neighbor. And when you start loving that neighbor, you'll do exactly what the scripture says Jesus came to do. And that is found in Matthew 20, verse 28. And he said this because the, the disciples were all just like, Jesus, what, can I just sit beside you? Can I be with you? Can I do this? And when I get to heaven, am I going to hang out with you on your right hand? He says, no, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve he gave his life a ransom for many. My question is, is how much are you giving your life away to many around you who need to hear your story? And does that even make sense? You see, the greatest thing that you could possibly do is be like Barry did this morning. He wasn't embarrassed to share his story because he's been free by hope. He's been freed by this wonderful thing. He, said, he sat in a CR service and he sat there and he just felt so convicted by the Holy Spirit. By following, he didn't know what that meant. He didn't know what it meant to believe. He just knew that the God was the, the, the universe was in the room and he just said, I feel you, Jesus, but I don't know what to do. And he just was obedient to the point of follow. And he stood up and he said, I follow. He was just like Matthew and he said, I follow. Okay, I'll do it. This morning, I'm asking you a simple question. Are you following Jesus? Are you following the church? The church will fail you. We will fail every single time because we're made up of a bunch of sinners who think we know everything. But He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Him. And I'm telling you guys, are you following Him? Are you following this word called church? A lot of us need to get on our knees and ask forgiveness because we've been all about the church and not about Jesus. Following Jesus makes a better you. The question is, am I following? Am I following everything else? simple words here, following him. Jesus, we confess that we know we're guilty of this. We confess that we know that we got issues. But the first step is the hardest one because we got to admit it so, God, I'm just asking for a movement to start with us. If we're going to reach out to the ones who are lost, if we're going to reach out to the ones who are far from you, if we're going to reach out, honestly, to the world, if we're going to be the light of the world, we got to do one thing. we got to follow you first. And so, God, this morning I'm asking for favor in the aspect of the Holy Spirit to move in the lives of Benny, just to seek your Holy Spirit.